Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Enlightened Podcast, where I share real motherhood stories and empower the soul of the mother through mindfulness and spirituality. I'm your host, Lena Lemos. I don't know about you, but for the last few weeks of August, I have been in such a weird funk lately. And I don't know what energetically is going on or if this is kind of what the collective consciousness is going through because I know a lot of other women that I've talked to are going through the same thing, but it's just this weird like calling to take a step back and rest and mine is almost just this weird brain fog where I was kind of just forward motion for such a long time and right now I kind of just feel like I'm idling and press pause and just can't really get a clear focus on anything. So I'm really hoping it's just a transition period that I'm going through and I'm working through it and trying to see where it's coming from and meditating on it. But it has really, you know, the last few weeks of August, I was so excited because my husband was home. He's a teacher and I was like, it's going to be my crunch time and my time to really put all my energy into enlightenment and that just didn't happen. I spent more time just being alone and being self-reflective and so I'm really excited for September. It's my favorite month. My sweaters always come out on September 1st even though New Jersey is still like 80 degrees outside but I'm ready for fall and to me fall just means new energy and the chill, crisp feeling that gets in the air. is just so invigorating to me and I know a lot of good things are going to come this fall. So this episode to me is just so in line with what's happening right now because it's about answering the call. When you have this call from the universe that you're meant for something or that you need to do something, How do you listen? How do you start? How do you drown out all the other noise that is keeping you from figuring out what that call actually is? And I'm talking with my dear friend, Sarah Carrillo, and she's the host of the Parenthood Evolved podcast and community. And she had a call similar to me where we wanted to change the conversation around parenthood and motherhood and fatherhood. And I think she's just completely honest that, look, when you answer the call, it's not perfect. It's going to be messy. It's going to take a lot of evolutions to get there. But you have to at least listen. So here's Sarah. Yeah. Well, and I think when we're talking about like hearing the call, I think part of that is like being afraid even though I don't want to admit this, (laughs) being afraid of what people are going to think not like, and that's something I struggle with still. Like there's a big part of me that's outgrown it. Like, I don't give a fuck. I believe this, this is who I am, but there's still a part that lingers in that. I'm not going to be liked. I'm not going to be, there's going to be some backlash, you know? And that's like part of when you hear this big, you know, this big voice, it's like, you need to step into your power, you need to step into who you are. It's, it's time, you know, no more procrastinating girl. I know. <laughs> um, you, yeah, that comes with it. It's those, those, the stories that we've been telling ourselves, the fear comes in and I feel like it comes in stronger than ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For so. me, especially because I was bullied so bad in high school in the really early stages of social media. 
Mm-hmm. So putting myself out there on social media, like it takes so much of unconditioning to be like, I'm not going to be judged or bullied for being myself. Because literally yeah. I was just like logging to Instant Messenger, aim, shout out to early 2000s, right? <laughs> 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 and like get these messages. So it wasn't like I was even speaking my truth or doing anything. I was literally just being me and getting bullied for it. So yeah, doing all of that unraveling of and overcoming those self-limiting beliefs that we have to step into our calling is not easy either. Yeah. Well, and I think for me, I, I actually with like, if, we, if we're talking about MySpace days and stuff, like, <laughs> like I was that girl who cared so much what everybody thought. And I tried to, and this is obviously what's still going on with social media is to appear a certain way, to be liked, to mm-hmm. gain followers, to gain, like, I remember I would compare myself to specifically girls, not so much dudes, but you know, like, oh, they're so pretty. And they have all these, uh, I don't know, was it called followers with MySpace or what was it called? Like friends, it was I think friends. friends. Yeah, it was friends, supposedly friends, right? Actually, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I was like, God, they have so much friends. They're so popular. And I think for a while I was, I was wanting that. Um, I wanted to feel validated. I wanted to be Mm -hmm. seen. And it's just interesting. Once I became a mom, that all shattered. And I was like, literally alone. I know I suffered through uh, postpartum depression. I didn't even know what that was, though. But looking back, I'm like, yep, that's what I was going through hardcore. But I was extremely alone. And all my friends that I had, you know, during, uh, before a kid, they all left and you just start, I mean, I think maybe other moms could relate to this. You just start to kind of see the world differently. And then obviously bringing a child into the world, you're like, what do I want for my kid? And who do I want to be for not just my kid, but for myself? Like, who am I really? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Uh, I just think for me and probably others, it's like breaking this facade of who you you know, who you're trying to front and be. And I'm just over that. I'm like, you know what? Take me as I am. But again, I still, to this day, I still struggle where I'm like, I'm going to be seen. And, um, you know, yeah, not everybody's going to like me, but I'm not for everyone, right? Yeah. You just made me think of something very interesting, right? Because I feel like once you go through high school and college and you're a young adult trying to make it on your own and figure out who you are, And to add social media into that mix, you kind of, like you said, are trying to be a certain way or a certain person to be liked. And then if that chapter of your life almost overlaps you becoming a mother, it really does shatter your world because you weren't the real you before motherhood. And then you're going through this entirely new chapter and this entirely new version of you in motherhood and trying to figure out who you are. It just hard. I mean, well, it- even then I, I remember, and I've talked about this before in the podcast episode about losing your identity as a mom. But I think for me, my journey with that was, yeah, I was still like, yes, I broke that. <laughs> I broke away from the whole, like wanting to be seen and popular to, um, I'm going to be a mom now. So what does that look like? I'm going to be this person and dress this way. And I, you know, and honestly looking back, I'm like, ah, that's not me, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then eventually I broke through that shell and I'm like, that's not who I am either. Like I'm actually this mom who is different and I believe a different way and that, but that, 
caused me to really um, be kind of judgmental with other moms. I was so afraid, and I know other moms go through this. You're so afraid of being yourself because you feel like the mom box is a certain way, a certain you talk a certain way, right? You, you do certain things as a mom. And if you are out of that box, you're a weirdo, you're a freak, and then you're really going to be alone. And so it's just interesting when you actually are aware of that and you see how you're blocking yourself from mm-hmm. that, you know, trying to keep yourself safe, but you're really not. It just, you miss out. Um, and so with creating, first it was motherhood evolved and then it evolved to parent evolved. But mm. since I've done that, I've, connected with so many amazing, mostly moms uh, so far, a few dads, but mostly moms. And I never thought that would happen, you know, until I actually like believed that it could and stopped telling that story. I'm alone. I'm alone. So, yeah. So when did the call happen? When did you start to feel that itch on your motherhood story that you're like, I was meant to do this thing that was originally motherhood evolved, but what did that journey look like? Oh gosh. Well, it's interesting where, and this is kind of backtracking a little bit, but you know, we're, we're talking about manifestation earlier and how I think the, like one of the biggest things that we do, all of us is we, we kind of ruin it by not letting go. And what letting go is, is, um, trusting without. So what that looks like is you not trying to figure it all out. (laughs) Like you, you know, like whatever, maybe you think of uh, right now you're trying to manifest a car. All right. And you're like trying to figure out, okay, well, how is this car going to come to me? How is it? Well, there's this possibility and that possibility. And so anyways, um, I think back at like just my overall journey, especially with when I became a mom, I just always felt like there was something I wanted to do. I didn't know what it was. And at first it started with fitness. I like always wanted to be this personal trainer. And, and then, um, uh, I got really into beach body and that actually was a really cool time because I got in the best shape of my life and I was really into fitness and I was on point with my workouts and all this. And then there was something that was like, this isn't, this isn't an alignment. You know, I felt like I've been through lots of different layers of that. This is an alignment. This isn't an alignment. And so, um, I knew the way and no hate to Beachbody, but the way it was being, uh, taught, like how to put yourself out there. I didn't like it. I felt like it was very salesy for me personally. And I guess if anyone knows about, um, what is it called? Your, your type, what is it? Your uh, projector, your uh, manifestor, all that stuff, right? I'm a projector and I didn't even know this at the time, but supposedly I don't really like going to people. I like them coming to me. Yes. It makes sense why that didn't me even, too. that didn't even work. Um, and part of being projector is like being yourself and people will come, you know, gradually, right? They gravitate to you because of being who you are. So anyways, uh, I left that and I still felt this calling. Like, I just, I love fitness. This is something I want to do. I'm just going to make it on my own. I'm going to be a trainer and I'm going to do in-home training. So I did that for a little bit. And then I got pregnant and it it just fell apart. Everything started falling apart. And I went through this period where I was really depressed and um, I just, I was like, okay, I, you know, again, when we hear this call, yeah, we're, it's not always so clear. But I think as long as you, like I did, 
continue to hear it, even if it's not actually happening. You know, we think of purpose, we think of like, once you know that purpose, then it, boom, everything just changes overnight. No, it's not even like that for me, at least. It was more of, I just know I meant for something bigger than what I'm doing. And I think because I believe that, and even I think back when I was a little girl, I remember, it's, this is trippy. I remember being in my room and, and actually like I was looking out the window, I was looking at the stars and I remember this voice, this, this just knowing of, I'm going to be helping a lot of people. Like I meant for something. I knew that as a little girl. And I think all of us fucking know that as a kid and obviously, right. Like you get into, you know, school and, or, or family and people change that and they fucking tear you down and you, you believe those stories. And so anyways, I think that's part of the reason why maybe we don't know exactly what our call that, that calling is because we have to go through these layers of like just breaking through the truth, constantly breaking through the truth. Um, so yeah, it's been a process. So eventually, you know, I got to motherhood evolved and this was a desire to, I just felt like going through my own story of like my, like once I started in, um, you know, connecting with like spirituality and, and learning about myself and where I came from. And again, peeling back those layers, I started to realize and, and seeing other people too, something that's similar is that it all stemmed from childhood all of it. And it was just, you know, of course, being a mom, I'm like, I don't want this for my kids. I don't want, I want to be the best version I could be for my kids. How can I change this? And I know other children are right now going through this where their parents are suffering. They're going through these, um, and I, you know, my focus at that time was moms, but, um, now it's evolved to parents. Cause I know dads and moms, they're just going through this uh, awareness of, holy shit, this isn't who I am. I was told a story and I believed it. And now I'm breaking through that. Um, and I want good for my kids. So that's the, really the, the connection with parenthood evolved is starting from that point and knowing I'm one of those people kind of like with, uh, in Hood, you know, you, you heard this, um, you felt like you needed to change that story around motherhood Mm-hmm. and what motherhood is and connect with like-minded mothers. That's the same thing with Parenthood Evolved, except it's like, it's really helping parents unravel that those stories and step into their authentic selves and, um, you know, really figure out what that is for them. Yeah. I think it's so important too, because we forget that dads are going through the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think from my experience with my partner, um, you know, it's interesting, like <laughs> being all spiritual. Cause there's times where you see your partner doing things or like, you want to school them on it. And you're like, I know you shouldn't be doing that. And, but you also want to come from a place of love and not like, uh, you know, you don't want to upset them. But one of the things I felt I learned from my own partner and then just even my own dad was there's this huge, um, block when it comes to not all men, but there's a lot of dads out there who are struggling with, with showing affection and nurturing themselves because they didn't have that as a young boy. They didn't know they saw their dad always like being the man working hard. And 
it just, you know, maybe they wanted to show that love. There's also this homophobia around that too, where it's like, well, I'm not gay. You know, I don't want to be, uh, affection equals being gay. And and it's like, Mm -hmm. there's so many lies and, uh, stories again, where I, I just feel that men, yeah, they're a part of this conversation. They're a part of this, um, this evolution. Yeah. You know, there, I mean, also with your partner, you're in it together with your kids. So I guess really the intention is to grow together. And if you do grow apart, you're still evolving on your own, in your own journey, you know? So, yeah. So that's why I really wanted, um, dads to be a part of this. And that's why I changed it to parent evolved. Cause I just felt this, uh, and even just my own relationship with my own dad, you know, I've, I've shared this before, but there was this disconnect and he always shared stories about his raising and how he, I mean, came from a very abusive situation. And as I went through, um, you know, I know you're big on mindfulness. Once I started becoming mindful of my own childhood and I had to like go back in time and heal myself, I also had to pay attention to my parents. Like what were their stories? And then I realized, wow, having empathy and compassion for my parents allows me to forgive them. Because it's not about, you know, I I like what Louise Hay says. I've said this quote so many times because I love Louise Hay, but she talks about we're all victims of victims. So, you know, if you haven't read one of her books, uh, she actually, there's the first half in You Can Heal Your Life, I think it is. She talks about that whole being a child and and picking up these uh, belief systems. But it, you know, we thought then it was protecting us, but it really wasn't. And then you find Mm -hmm. that out as an adult. So, um. Yeah, I think I'm going off on tangent. But anyway, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Anyways, my relationship with my dad uh, and going through our, you know, how I, I really just wanted my dad there. I didn't have him there. Um, he was going through his own shit. And he, unfortunately, I think, you know, he still is going through stuff and living out things that is really not him. But it took really yeah, a lot of forgiveness to understand or want to understand. You have to want to understand your parents. If you're not ready yet, that's okay too. Because I think that there's some of us that are really had some traumatic situations, Yeah, right? I think there's also so much power in once you kind of reflect how much you realize what stories were actually yours and what were your parents and what you've been holding on to that is your parents and not you. And then the process of letting go is just a a transformation in itself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I still, (laughs) I still find myself, you know, like, there's times where I have to keep working on that forgiveness. Like there's things that come up where I thought um, I worked through and then I'm like, you know, there's a trigger. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I thought I forgave you, but I, (laughs) (laughs) I think when you really can forgive someone, I notice there's certain people that it's easier and then there's others or stories that happen that are not so forgivable. And yeah, forgiveness. I think it's a, it's kind of comes across as it's like this, you forgive and then that's it. But no, it's not that easy. Um, yeah. Anyways, with going back into certain stories and, and times, I'm like, yeah, it, it, you'll, I don't know. It's not, it's not easy going down that, that path. Right. Like, mm-hmm. 
So talk to boundaries. Me. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me about, cause we're both going through this right now where we've answered the call mm-hmm. and we're kind of becoming these thought leaders in stepping into your truth and your soul's purpose. But one thought I had while we were talking earlier was we were kind of talking about this when you've read so many books, it kind of feels like they're all saying the same thing. Yeah. And it's frustrating as someone who's really trying to shine light on the world when there's so much monetization around finding your soul's purpose. And it seems like you can just read a book or hire a life coach and they're going to help you find exactly what your life purpose is. So for any mom out there who kind of has this itch and just feels like they're meant for something more, what's your advice of really kind of tuning out all that noise and kind of diving in deep to reconnect with what our, our true life purpose without having to pay someone a thousand dollars to coach them on what our life purpose is. Mm, Yeah. I love that question because, um, I mean, for me, it was a lonely journey, but I think now that there's more community being built around this whole idea of rewiring ourselves as parents, Um, I think now you're not as alone, so you can find your people and kind of like you and me, we found each other and we're kind of in this together on this journey. And I think that if you can do that, if you can find more like-minded people, it makes it a lot more, uh, easier. So you don't feel lonely. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing that helped me though, was I got off of social media for the longest time. And I think that because, God, we live in this information age, everyone has something to say and you can get caught up in that. Even with the, the you know, people's intentions being good, like, um, you know, how, how to be mindful. Okay, well, here's my tips. And then you're reading this person's tips and that person's tips. It can get so overwhelming. So I actually recommend taking time away from specifically social media Um, I also recommend even if you have um, people in your life who may not be lifting you up or supportive to your ideas and your passions, or you you just know, um, maybe you're like, I don't like the term black sheep, but yeah, maybe you are. (laughs) You're just very different, right? Um, You need to separate yourself from those people for a while. And uh, what is, what is that saying? You saying, um, no is you saying yes to yourself, right? So it might be uncomfortable, but it's necessary. I mean, I've had to set boundaries with my mom and, and, you know, Hey, I need time alone. Like I, I know you're used to me hanging out all the time, but I need this time or even friends. Maybe you're used to hang out with friends all the time. Maybe you just need time to sit with yourself and really get to know yourself. The other thing I would recommend is going out to nature. I think that's the biggest freaking amazing thing I've done. Um, and actually even when I first became a mom, like I was literally being called to nature. We would go out I'd take my boy. He was just a baby at the time. We'd go to the river, we'd go on walks and I would just immerse myself in that. And I felt like, I mean, you know, everyone has their own definition of what God is, but yeah, I felt like God was everywhere in nature. And that was like where I connected the most to spirituality and, and myself and learning who I am and what I want. And I don't think without that, I don't know where I would be. So I recommend just getting out of the house, even with your kids. You know, I know this, a lot of us think like we don't have time, but 
make the time to get out with your kids in nature too. I find that they, it's very healing for them. And that way you're able to kind of sit with your thoughts. I think that's the thing that a lot of moms are like, how are you supposed to do all this stuff when you got kids running around? Just get out of the house. Get in. And specifically why I say not the park so much, but like a hiking spot. Um, because like at the park, you're worrying about your kids. Maybe they're going to fall off the slide or the swing or, you know, anyways, when you're on a hiking spot, you're just really like in the moment, you'll notice your kids are too. And, um, I think you'll hear that call a little more when you can just, I mean, there's a reason why people go to retreats or they get away from their natural routines. They break away from that. And then all of a sudden they're like, I'm enlightened or whatever it is, right? But no, it's it's because they're getting away from what they usually do and then they, they start to find these answers. So mm-hmm. if you're, yeah, you hear a call, you are um, know you're meant for something bigger than just start separating yourself from people um, and uh, yeah, submersing yourself with nature. That's what I recommend. Tell me what, version of Sarah looked like before answering the call and what she looks like now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, hmm, I had a lot of anxiety. Uh, I think my life was on autopilot and I didn't, I wasn't connected with anything, not even myself, definitely not myself, right? When you're on autopilot, you don't know really what you're doing. You're kind of like floating around. So I would say, yes, the old Sarah was floating around trying to figure shit out, thinking that maybe she, um, it was actually hard for me for a long time to be alone. I always found myself wanting to hang out with boyfriends or friends, smoking weed, you know, like having fun, distracting myself. And then I, I definitely would say, yeah, becoming a mom was that snap out of it. It brought me back to life, like who I was and to not live on autopilot. I think there was still some things I was doing, uh, you know, like Facebook was really big for me at the time before I gave myself that social media break. I was comparing myself to a lot of moms and always on Facebook. God, I spend so much time on there. And I know we kind of talked about with the whole breastfeeding thing and yeah, I would find myself breastfeeding and um, being on my phone, especially at night. And uh, I don't know if you ever had a phone drop on your face. Yes. <laughs> and you know, you're on the phone too long now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just extremely disconnected from myself versus now. Um, and I mean, I still think there's some times where I... It's like that old self tries to come in. Mm-hmm. I hear it too. I hear her. I'm like, no, bye. No, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Anyways, it, it's been a a process. That's for sure. <laughs> Just reminded me how like you know how bye Felicia was a thing like yeah. ten years ago, but my mom still says it as if it's like cool. It's just... <laughs> yeah, me and my daughter do that to each other. Bye. <laughs> yeah, my two-year-old does it too, which is kind of cute. <laughs> so let's talk about, because you and I are in such a similar position where we've answered the call and we're in the midst of figuring out exactly what that call is and just having that trust that you're on the right path. So what do you do to 
keep yourself going when you, you know, like, like you just said, when that old version of yourself kind of creeps in, it's like, uh, excuse me, what are you doing? Like, who are you to do this? So what's your advice for when that ego and that late uh, old version of yourself starts to creep in to kind of keep that forward momentum? Oh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. cause yeah, there's, there's different parts of our old self, right? There's, is not just like this one type, like not just the Sarah that's like, um, you know, trying to be distracted, but maybe it's the Sarah that's also like wanting to binge eat. I've experienced that a lot where food actually has come up for me. Um, hopefully it's answering the question, but, um, where I I'm like, I thought I handled that. So for me, it's, it's being aware, like, okay, what's going on in my life, stopping and, and letting myself feel what's going on, um, to prevent me from stepping fully into the old, I guess. I don't know. That sounds weird. (laughs) Um, but I, I like recognize it. And I think, I mean, I guess I think that's the, the thing I'd recommend is just recognizing your pain, the struggle, honoring it, not trying to run from it. I think that's what we want to do naturally. We want to just like, yeah, see a piece out. This is uncomfortable. But like for me, I noticed, yeah, the, the binge eating, just food in general, not so much binge eating, but um, sometimes when I get really stressed, I like, I go to food, mm-hmm. you know, and that could be a Taurus thing too, but uh, <laughs> it's, you know, cause my daughters always remind me here, Taurus, you love food. I'm like, yes, I do. But no, sometimes where it's like, not like I'm just eating too much. I would say that's the thing. It's just like overeating, overindulging. <clears throat> and then I, I realized this isn't making me feel good. I feel like shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I wake up to, so I guess I know this is weird, but sometimes I say, allow yourself to kind of just be where you're at. And you've been working on yourself so much that you're, you're going to come out of it. I don't know if that's the best advice, but that's what I've noticed with myself is like not beating myself up, not going right away to all these other things and just kind of immersing myself into what's going on. And that's how I'm able to get out of it, like get back on track or get back into alignment. Does that that answer your question? (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. But I think that it's so hard for us to not feel like failures when we're not in this kind of forward linear motion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, there's always ebbs and flows and it's so hard to not let that old version completely take over because it's safe and it's comfortable. And mm. when you're kind of feel like you're moving backwards, it's so easy to be like, mm, okay, that was kind of hard and I give up and I tried, you know, instead of really keeping that forward momentum, which is so hard to do, but. Well, what else has helped me is holding on to the quote. It's from Gabby Bernstein. And I have the freaking card even out now. It's obstacles or detours in the right direction. And you can look at that different ways. But I even think of it as if you're backtracking, it's an obstacle. But eventually it's going to lead you into the right direction because you're taking a step back and you can, instead of, maybe it's the way we look at it. You know, yeah, like what you were saying, if we're not going straight, then we're going back and we're, Mm -hmm. we're just, we're horrible, right? Instead, we need to maybe change the way we look at that and know, okay, there's still something within us that needs a little more work and that's okay. So I think that's where I'm at. I think that's what's helped me be, um, you know, more again, graceful with myself because shit, the world's already tough enough. We don't need to be 
beating ourselves up more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So yeah, just be, um, know that even if you're backtracking, you're, you're going to get where you need to be. Yeah. I think that's the, I mean, especially with mindset work, because my husband's kind of going through this right now with his back pain where he was doing physical therapy and he was finally getting better. And then he made the decision to lift my daughter in her like little play jumper to move her into the kitchen and like totally Uh relapsed. And as much as I just want to be like, well, why the fuck did you just do that? You know, you have like (laughs) terrible back pain. I tried, I tried to send him like all this stuff about like how healing isn't linear and it's okay. And it's just a minor setback. And I think he was really down in the dumps about it for a few days, but now that it's finally moving forward, he's like, okay, it was just a minor setback, but it's so hard when we're Mm -hmm. in that setback, Mm -hmm. not to feel like we've completely failed. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Like I even think of, um, like I've heard stories where people are, they got injured and they like, let's say they were always constantly active. And then all of a sudden they're mm-hmm. out for three months and they're like, okay, shit, what do I do? But again, yeah, the mindset thing, if we can change how we perceive something, you know, you could see it as like a lesson, a loving lesson. Yeah. Um, yeah. My sure he's learned his, your husband's learned his lesson. <laughs> yes, he <laughs> has. Easy. Yeah. But then we all, I think, like you said, just recognizing it almost as an opportunity. Like we needed this time to reflect on something or to learn something or to continue to grow. Maybe we're not growing in the way we thought we were going to or move forward in the way we thought, but it's, it's bringing out something that needed to be addressed in that moment. Yeah. Well, even like with what we're talking about with um, how we're creating communities, right? And you have evolved of your your message and it's gotten clearer and clearer. And now it's like really evolved into who you are and what you want to create. And same with me. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's actually, I mean, during those times, it's frustrating, right? Like I remember I'm like, why is it not? I thought I was already there. Like I have to go through this again. Mm-hmm. But it's actually now that I look back, I've learned a lot. And if I was to start those ideas that I thought were going to be it, like, especially with the fitness thing, it would have fell apart. Yeah. Like it wouldn't have been sustainable. And so this definitely feels right. So I think that's, that's something to pay attention to is when you're creating something is pay attention to what feels really good. And if something is out of place, like the whole motherhood evolves, it was I like, uh, let's see, I think, how many episodes was I in until I actually stopped? I don't know. I'd have to look back. Maybe it was like 15 or something. I don't know. There was just a point where I, I was like, this, something's not sticking. Something's not right. Something's off. And, um, then I realized, Oh, I want dads to be a part of this. And then I changed it. And so, yeah. Well, I think that's also an important lesson that giving yourself grace, that it's kind of okay to take a slightly new direction, even when you thought you were at your end game. Yeah. Well, and I think especially with uh, being solopreneurs, right? We came up with that name <laughs> or we like that name better. Um, I think that there is this idea, like it's, you know, social media again, where it looks like people have shit figured out. But the truth is, and I'm glad we're honest about this actually, because it's okay if you don't have shit figured out, especially when you hear um, the call, right? Like, you may not know exactly what that is, but as long as you're willing to take action, 
you know, your heart's in the right place, it will all work out. And I think as long as you're also willing to kind of be honest to the people who are around you that are in the midst of what you're wanting to create, and you're like, hey, hold on, I'll be right back. Like, I got to do this or I got to like right now, Parent Evolved is on a little break, right? Because I felt like, okay, for me to really create what people need, I need to step back and realign what I'm trying to do. My energy's a little all mm-hmm. over the place. Yeah. So I'm not afraid of that anymore. Like I'm sure some people might be like, oh, she's weird. Like that's not professional or whatever they think. I don't care. But the right people will stick, right? Like I totally get that. I'm I feel like I'm in such a similar position right now because the month of August has just been a clusterfuck of weird energy and no routine and just having this such weird like funk. And I was actually talking to this with one of my friends the other day. It's like it's so hard when you're an entrepreneur and you're leading a movement and you're being a leader because you are the engine. Yeah. The engine that's propelling everything forward. So when you feel like you're in this rut or having a setback, it's so hard to not feel like the whole community and everything is going to fall backwards with you. And Mm -hmm. how do you give yourself that grace to take a step back without that fear that everything that you've worked so hard for in answering the call and building your life's purpose is going to come crumbling down? Yeah. It's, we have to be transparent because I think that's what real leadership is, is, you know, leading in a way that is authentic to you. And you're not, I mean, especially with motherhood, right? We're not like here to act like we're perfect or we're not, we're breaking that cycle. So part of being, um, solopreneurs too is, is showing, Hey, I messed up over here or I'm taking a little break or, my life is kind of falling apart at the moment. And I know like that seems crazy because I'm trying to create this like blissful, mindful stuff. But I mean, but that's what people need to hear though. So Mm -hmm. that way they're more patient with themselves. And when they F up, they're like, okay, hey, well, Lena and Sarah, you know, they like months ago, they were going through something and hey, it's going to be okay. I think that's what's important. Yeah. Yeah, because then the more we talk about it, the more than other people feel like they're validated Exactly like you said, even if it's a few months from now, just know that whenever it happens that there's people there to support you and it's completely okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you, you're creating some type of podcast thing, right? Where with someone else where it's like talking about entrepreneurism. Yeah. The soulful entrepreneur. Yeah. Wow. You're incredible. Doing (laughs) all these things. Wow. (laughs) But But you're taking it slow though, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Slow. There's just so many things happening. And I feel, I mean, we we're talking about this before about there's just some weird energy shift happening right now. And mm-hmm. I just feel like my head's spinning and I really have had to take a step back. And like you said, I, I feel like I'm being called to nature right now. Mm-hmm. And I just had yeah. this feeling like I was saying in the episode of your podcast that we did when I'm like a little extra with my meditation and doing my <laughs> channeling that a uh, a message came through in my meditation was like you need to go underwater you just mm. need to be submerged underwater and as a cancer sign like that makes yes. sense like water is my thing and i grew yeah, up on water it. and like i lack it so much in new jersey and so i did i when we were at my parents house this past weekend like i was just floating in the lake and then it was so hard cuz i just wanted to float underwater but like i was so out of breath cuz it was so cold so i was like breathing hard so i couldn't hold my breath for a long time <laughs> but it was like the exact soul rejuvenation i needed but i don't think it was enough 
So I'm still being called to just like sit in a field with nothing around. And that's like impossible to do around here. But oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's where all my answers lie because I think there's just so much congestion in here. With oh, and energy. water is healing too. Yes, so healing. So that's where my soul will be soon. But then again, baths? Oh, if we baths. have one bathtub and it's so weird that I just like, I don't want to get in it. <laughs> It's it's funny. My kids are cancers too. And when we go out uh, to lakes and in rivers and stuff, gosh, we are there for hours. Mm -hmm. So again, like I said, to all the moms who are like, you know, sometimes pulling their hair, like, oh, my kids are fighting inside and how take them outside. You won't regret it. Like my kids are just, oh, I'm like able to be in my own little world and they're able to be in their own little world. And again, being cancers, they're just like, they're so happy in that water. <laughs> yes. And just like listening to even the call of that, because that's, mm-hmm. that might be where you, I mean, you said this too, where you might hear the call better. If you feel like you have this itch and you're, it's drowned out by all this noise and chaos around you to just go outside and just listen to what your soul needs. Because it's funny because you said you love food and my husband and I love food too. And we're always like, where can we go out to eat next? Where can we go out to eat next? And for the longest time, I couldn't like tell you where I wanted to eat, but I could, or, but I could tell you that like, I wanted to eat somewhere where I was sitting next to the ocean and just like listening or just sitting next to water. I was like, okay, there's something here. Like I need to listen to that. My soul is telling me like, you girl, you need to like go in the water. And actually we went to the beach for the first time I've lived in New Jersey. We went down the shore as they call it. They don't call it the beach here, which is like so weird. I, (laughs) I can't call it the shore. It doesn't sound natural. Yes. So we went to the beach and it was just like the best experience of just floating in the water and having the waves crash on me. And it was almost just this weightless feeling that I really needed. Mm. So I think there's, there's all different types of calling that are souls just like mm-hmm. you need to do this. And if you listen, I'll continue to call you to do more and more. But one thing that I think it's important to touch on is if you don't answer the call. So I think I noticed that uh, for me, kind of like what I said earlier, where I was a little girl and I felt like I knew in my heart there was something bigger, right? And then I just kind of eventually went on autopilot. I think we go on autopilot because our soul can't handle all the bullshit anymore. Mm -hmm. And so eventually you reconnect with that. But um, yeah, once I, I call it my spiritual awakening, actually, I feel like, I do feel like there probably was times that I heard the call that I ignored it. And really what shook me awake was uh, I had a panic attack. So sometimes Mm. we have things that happen that are in the moment. It's like, what the hell? You know, it's it's intense, like a panic attack if you've ever had it. Like I felt like I was dying, you know, and oh, and I wish that upon no one. But it showed me like, yeah, you need to get out of living on autopilot and live your life. And I think that's why that whole nature thing has always come back because getting out of the house, like, so many people, parents, especially can get in these routines that are so funky, like, oh yeah, I like Netflix and chill, but mm-hmm. is this really like, yeah, I'm feeling relaxed, but then sometimes you can find yourself like where it becomes a distraction, kind of like we were talking about earlier too. So 
Yeah, I completely get that. And so what advice do you have for someone? So my husband and when I first started enlightenment, he was kind of going through this where I was answering the call and stepping into my truth and felt so fulfilled in my life purpose. And he's like, wait, should I have one too? And I and almost had to like force, like I have to do this huge life change too, because I see you going through it. And so I feel like sometimes we have this misconception that answering the call is this huge life transforming moment where we see it in big lights. Like this is what I'm meant to do. And now I have to completely change my life in order to get there. So for someone who almost feels like answering the call or what they're being called to do seems like less than because right comparison culture, we feel like we have to compare ourselves to all these like life coaches who answered the call and now they're like Mm -hmm. making hundreds of thousands of dollars on social media. Yeah. How do we validate the call no matter what size it is? Oh yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, I think that, well, I think what you said, like, not comparing what everybody else's call is, right? Like knowing that already that what you have going on for your soul assignment is going to be completely different. And that once you can really accept that, it makes it easier. Mm-hmm. And to be mindful of when you are still kind of searching for that validation, right? Because sometimes... um like I had asked myself with uh, building a community and and there was still parts of me, this is before parenthood evolved, motherhood evolved. Like this was a couple of years ago where I was going on Instagram and I think like I didn't know this, but I was still trying to be seen, like be, you know, like Insta famous in a way. I know that sounds so lame and cheesy, but like I, I, there was still parts of me that wanted that to be mm-hmm. validated, to be good enough. And, and you know what I mean? Like, and I wasn't aware until I started getting super intentional with what it, that call was and what it is my heart was yearning for. I was able to kind of weed out that shit and cause it gets in the way it blocks. Right. And, um, I think those are, so I think we need to ask ourselves questions like, who are we? What do we want for our life? You know, what do I want to create and why do I want to create it? Like being willing to ask deeper questions and really knowing who we are, then things like, you know, hearing a call, you're just going to know, you're going to know what that means for you and not compare that to someone else's journey. Yeah. And be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. So important. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on this podcast. And as you know, I like to end with words of wisdom for anyone listening who might need a pick me up or just that extra push to listen to that call today. So what are your wise words to end on? Um, hmm. Oh man. I think that if you are going through a challenging time right now, but you feel like there's something that you yearn for, that your heart yearns for, and you're just afraid, because I think that's like the biggest blockage really with any hearing um, your, your purpose being presented to you is fear intercepts. Like just know that 
there's something beautiful on the other side of that fear and to trust and be willing to let go of what you thought your life was going to look like because it's really freeing when you do. Thank you for listening to the Enlightened Podcast, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and celebrates every journey. If you would like to be part of our community of amazing and soulful women, find us on Instagram at Enlightenedhood. For real motherhood stories and inspirational articles, you can check us out online at enlightenedhood.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Until next time, you mindful mamas.